Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Conversations About Light. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm joined here with Mark again. Hello. How are you going? Yeah, good. Yeah? Happy, how are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, good. sitting here in our board shorts. Feels feels like summer's around the corner, doesn't it? It does. We should be at the beach. That would be awesome. We should try record an episode at the beach. That'd be so good. I would love it. I would be... I'd be able to be on every podcast if we yeah. recorded at the beach. <laughs> That's the secret. <laughs> I don't know. I think we'd need a generator or something. I have no idea how that would work, but I'm actually keen to investigate now and, yeah. and get it happening. We might get a few people trying to bomb it. <laughs> That'd be great. But it'll, it'll be awesome. Um, so we're we're still um, we're still in the series of standing strong. Mm. I, I think it's been really cool. It's cool how. Yeah, we've taken a small portion of scripture and we're just like chewing over it. Um, I, I've, I found that really helpful. So we're diving into the next portion, which is Ephesians 4, Ephesians 6, 15. Um, so I'll get you to read that in a second, Mark. But before we do, what's your thoughts on facial hair? <laughs> um. I think different cultures have different <laughs> perspectives on facial hair, and yeah, do you want to share so a few? I don't know if you should. Are you? Are you like? Are you? Are you is that like a judgmental question? No, no, no. It's just <laughs> is that for women or men, or <laughs> w- what are you asking? It's for men. <laughs> Good clarifying uh, question. Uh, I have no. Uh, what was the question? What's mine? <laughs> What's your, what's your thoughts on facial hair? I have none. You have none? No. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at you. You've got a bit of facial hair right Sometimes now. Sometimes I don't shave for a while and then people notice that I have a beard because that's what happens. So then I shave. Right. And it's a cycle. You don't like a beard, right? No. Because it, it brings attention. And yes. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> exactly. Thank you for yeah, demonstrating yeah. <laughs> the awkwardness and discomfort. No worries. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's dive into today's text. Do you mind reading it for us? No, that would be a massive upgrade in the conversation. Fantastic. So let's dive into the conversation about light. Ephesians 6.15 picks up. Um, it's one of Paul's long sentences and we're, we're just in the middle of it. It says, and as shoes for feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Who doesn't love shoes, right? <laughs> and they are for feet. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, <laughs> Paul is precise once again. Yeah. Very helpful. Well, he does say shoes for feet, so maybe he's got shoes for something else as well. Yeah. What else would there be shoes <laughs> for? Did they have hand shoes or? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know, I'm not sure why he, he couldn't just say and shoes. <laughs> And for shoes, the readiness of the gospel, but shoes for feet, for your feet. Yeah. For your feet and for your feet and for my feet. <laughs> Everyone gets shoes for their feet. I yeah. feel like um, it's a very applicable scripture to our context because shoes are a very relevant, yeah. relevant um, thing. So in terms of the imagery, 
we can definitely understand it. Yeah. What's something that you're noticing besides the obviousness of shoes for feet? Um, something that you notice the gospel brings light in the scripture. Um, probably the word readiness. And okay. as shoes for feet, having put on, this is all about putting on, uh, all of these armor of God bits are putting on, putting on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So, so what does ready, like, why Why does that strike you? What does it mean, the readiness? Yeah, okay, so how many pairs, I'll, I'll answer your question, how many pairs of shoes do you have? Me? Mm, Mr. Sustainable. <laughs> I think I have, like, are we counting Burks as well? Are those shoes? Uh, I think that's divisive. Okay, so just complete covering, no sandals. No, you you can. I just think some people love Burks, some people don't. So, I mean, don't ruin a good podcast with... <laughs> I just meant, are they shoes or not? <laughs> In some right. cultures, yeah, so count your Burks. Okay, I think like five pairs. Okay. Yeah. And are they, do you have, what are they? Are they Burks? I've got Burks, I've got a pair of boots, some sneakers... And then um, running shoes. Okay. So, I mean, you said running shoes? Yes. I mean, what is it a brand? Is it a... It's specifically for running. Yeah. So, why, yeah it why is it specifically for running? Just the way they're designed. Um, so, <coughs> the, the fit is different. The heel-to-toe drops different. The material's different. Okay. Um, so they're designed to run. And then I've got like two running shoes. So one's more for short distance and then another one's more for long distance. And that's just got to do with cushioning and things like that as well. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize you were a running princess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your feet are a temple. You've got to take care of them. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so boots. I mean, just asking yeah. a silly question. Why, why would you go running in your boots? No, but the army uses boots, right? Uh, I don't know. Do they? I I think so. I've I'm sure that you don't go to war in running shoes, so you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't run in my boots. Okay, and that's because of? It's restrictive. It's not, yeah, it, it just wouldn't allow for what I want to do Okay. to be light on my feet. So by design, boots aren't beneficial for running? <laughs> no. Burks? <laughs> <laughs> have are you Berks tried good for anything? <laughs> Burks are great for slowing things down. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it slows everything down. So, yeah. yeah, you try to get away from conversations and if you've got your Burks on, <laughs> it's really difficult. You can't, I've gone for walks with you in Burks <laughs> and got blisters, so they're not good walking shoes. Right, yeah. Yeah. So they're purely just for <laughs> short comfort, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to kind of show your social security. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my identity is in Jesus. I don't mind wearing Burks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sound. Yeah. So, so the reason I'm asking these questions, which I, I don't know, people may be like, "Who cares about shoes?" Um, is because you you is because the word the the thing that stands out to me is readiness, and you're talking about running shoes and the design of them that they designed for a certain function. Right. Um. And I imagine that when you put on your running shoes, that even Kaya will get a sense of, um, oh, I know, I know what happens next. Or certainly your wife would, um, oh, are you going for a run? Right. You know, it it's gives you, a, there's a readiness. Very good. Because of the shoes that you've put on. 
where if you got dressed and put on your boots, no one's going to think you're going for a run and they'll think that there's a readiness to go out somewhere. Yeah. Um, or if you put on your Burks, you just don't have much purpose in life. <laughs> That's, you're ready for nothing. I'm just kidding. I have Burks too. <laughs> this this uh, episode is sponsored by Birkenstock. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think this is what stands out for me because oftentimes when we read this text, <laughs> it could be easy to think that Paul is saying that we should go and evangelize. Right. That you know, we should put on the we should put on the gospel shoes and we should go out and tell people about Jesus. Um and we should do that. Right. But that's prob- that's not what Paul's I don't think that's what Paul's saying. What do you think he's saying? I think what he's saying in putting on um the readiness that comes with these gospel shoes, the gospel of peace, is that um and he's he's Paul's referencing over here Isaiah fifty two verse seven which is, you know, beautiful are the feet of those who come with good news. And there is, a, there is a sense of the Isaiah 52 is the Messiah is Jesus who comes and he proclaims the gospel and he brings the gospel to us. So that's why that connection is right. made. And yet, even though that's probably the text Paul's using, uh, most would say, that, I think most would say, the, the most commentators would say that the metaphorical use of it here is that for the Christian, the gospel of peace received creates a readiness to engage with life. So, you know, you, all these pieces connect together. They're not like separate things. It's just, you know, like I, like we said in the last podcast, he's probably looking at a soldier and taking bit by bit and connecting scriptures. And just, it's, it's like for memory. Right. But actually, last week we spoke about the breastplate of righteousness being like these acts of going and being righteous in, in life and community and taking godliness, that godly characteristic out. We need to be readied by something. We need to be, and the the thing that we are readied by is the gospel of peace. That having received the gospel of peace, um, or being gospel centered people, we're able to go and engage in life in this peaceful, unreal, beautiful manner. Yeah, which we are being made ready. So, like, how can you? So, you, you, Paul does this all the time. So, it's about gospel application. It's about gospel centrality. What Paul's talking about here, readiness. Yeah. So, if you think of the Corinthians and you think like, how did Paul get them ready to give money? How did he ready them to take up that like offering? I think it's two Corinthians eight, and he and he points them to Christ. And he goes, look what Christ has done, and what right. you know, Christ gave his best, and that's what generosity is, and and so give in accordance to what you've received in Christ. That and so he readied them for something, yeah, by giving reminding them of what the gospel means to them, applying it to their hearts, right, and then that creates a readiness to action. And so I think Paul's doing that. Yeah, the the gospel the gospel of peace gives a make, creates a readiness to engage with engage life. with life. Yeah. yeah. So are you able to give like a, a <coughs> practical or example of how? you've been able to apply that or how that applies to to your life or how you've seen it being applied to yeah. yeah yeah so i mean we could try and use all the language paul's uh using here um what would be relevant for people um okay so let's say there's a tricky situation at work and there's you and a colleague are called in and you know, you've done no wrong, but you are in are in some sort of trouble. But your colleague has done wrong, and 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 so that you know, you're going into this conflict anyway, some sort of sort of work thing. 
I'm probably getting too granular. I'm like, I'm almost going to name the people. Um, <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. But you can either, so, so the temptation would be to go in and to defend yourself. Yeah. And to let pride take over. Mm. Um, let ego take over. Let fear take over. Or all sorts of temptations. Um, then if we think about Paul, Paul saying our battle is not against flesh and blood. So immediately we, okay, hold on a sec. Um, where should I place our battle? Our battle is against principalities and people are not my enemy, even if I've been mistreated. Uh, okay. So what does the gospel of peace do to me? God has made peace with me. Um, God has brought redemption to me through Christ. I have an identity in him, even if I'm treated unjustly at work. It's ultimately God who is in charge of my life and who is my boss and all my work is done for him. So this conflict, I don't need to go in and defend myself because I'm already accepted and loved ultimately by God. And so I can go in humbly, non-defensively, and in a sense of peace in my heart Mm. that even if everything doesn't work out the best for me, um, I have, because of the gospel of peace, I'm not, disrupted yeah uh massively disrupted of course we can be disrupted of course we can be disappointed yeah but i'm not crushed if that makes sense or i'm not walking out of there completely despondent Mm. um and so uh, sorry i I don't know if that's a helpful analogy but the point is that we're able to go into difficult situations not make the wrong people our enemies and because of the gospel of peace applied to our hearts, the acceptance and love of God, the redemption of God, the gift of his grace and mercy in our lives, we can go in um, to situations, be less defensive. Um, my, my father-in-law, I remember, he always used to say, his <coughs> sons never defend themselves because they know they loved and, and part of the family. And his point was, as children of God, we never have to defend ourselves in this world because we're God's children. Right. So... If someone misunderstands me, it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't have. They don't have to understand me. Yeah, it, it's okay to be misunderstood or not liked or b- mistreated or it's okay. Yeah, because and why is it okay? Because I'm a son of God, not because it's okay to be mistreated, but because I'm a child of God ultimately. So I, I don't have to defend myself. I, I hope that's not heard in an arrogant sense that we never have to humbly apologize where we've <laughs> wronged someone. Right. Um, but then I suppose that peace would apply to that as well because you'd have peace going if you've done wrong to someone. Yeah. You'd be ready to reconcile. Very good. Um, I, that's how I, I would hear it as Very well. Good. So it's like it, it brings it brings both sides. You have a freedom to act in a manner that's, yeah, freedom in Christ and um, – not be weighed down by opinions or yeah. anxiety. Um, not to say that that will never happen, like you, yeah. you said. Um, but then on the other side as well, as if you've been that to someone else and you've done someone wrong, you also have, you're ready to reconcile yeah. quickly. Yeah, that's right. Um, Very good. Because of the gospel of peace. Good application. Yeah, and, and so you know, I can imagine people are listening going like, whoa, I don't know like how to connect the gospel of peace and readiness yeah. to such like ground level relational interactions. And I think it's important to remember that 
Satan is ultimately, or our enemy, uh, principalities, powers, darkness, Satan, the devil, he's ultimately trying to disrupt relationship. Because mm. of his hatred for God and his rebellion against God, he goes after everything that God loves, which makes us a target. Because we're loved by God, we're a target, not because we're anything in and of ourselves, but because of God's love for us, we're a target. And the thing he tries to disrupt is relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with others, and relationship with ourselves. And that's what he's always after. Very good. So the gospel of peace creates us a readiness to go out into the world and okay. and pursue peace. That's cool. Um, whether it's repenting, asking for forgiveness and not and not struggling too much with that, or whether it's being misunderstood or treated harshly and not struggling with that too much. Mm. Um and and so that's why it's armor because it's not allowing the enemy to um, cause wedges in relationship, whether with God, with others, or ourselves, yeah. over things that the gospel of peace can wash over. And you know, like the where does it say, love covers over a multitude of sins? Yeah, it's the it's like the the love of God, the gospel of peace covers over all of our sins, and so God's love through the gospel of peace can also help us make us ready. To engage with the world that's not perfect, yeah, and to engage with people that uh, that are not perfect, and to accept and forgive ourselves when we are not perfect. Yeah, very good. Um, I remember, I can't remember when, but I remember you mentioned somewhere in this series that um, Paul's not necessarily talking about individuals putting on the armor, although it yeah. does apply to to us individually, but it's collectively yeah uh is that right that's correct yeah so what's a encouragement then i'm just thinking for our community how how do we collectively encourage one another mm. um to ready ourselves with the gospel of peace how, how does that look like or outwork itself um yeah it's a great question what, what would you say ah uh, i don't know uh, i i suppose um yeah, I feel like I have a very simple view of encouragement as just trying to push people towards or shift their attention towards Jesus. So I think our attention is either on ourselves or mm. it's um on something external and I think that's what disrupts our peace. Mm. So I think if we're able to encourage one another um constantly to shift our attention towards Jesus, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, good. Um, and I think like a maybe an indicator for the heart is, I suppose I'm thinking of my own life, when people have encouraged me to look to Christ and I've been like, oh, of course, that's the answer. Hmm. If I have that response, that's probably more like an indicator that my heart isn't focused on Jesus and it's like, my affection isn't towards him. So it's a good indicator is like if we have a community that are disrupted by that question, like, hey, mm. like let me encourage you in Christ. Um, it's probably because our attention's somewhere else. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I'd I think it's it's done is just to encourage one another <laughs> to focus our attention on Christ. Yeah. I, I don't think you could give it, get a better answer than that. I remember 
um, it was either Simon Murphy or Rory Shiner preached and said that friendship is friendship culturally is acceptance and approval. We accept and approve of everything each other does, but gospel friendship uh, or gospel-centered friendship is acceptance and challenge. That we totally accept each other in Jesus, but we challenge anything that would go contrary to God's will for each other, because we love each other. And so I think what you're saying, point each other to Jesus. Yes, that, that like sometimes it's easy when things are going well, but when things are going badly, it might take some real courage um, to do. But that that willingness to kind of challenge each other, and that's what Paul's talking about—the readiness to do God's will—and it's the readiness to walk in His plans and to follow Jesus and to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when we're not, that as a church we can come alongside each other and and encourage each other back towards towards that. Thank you.